Um, so, under those conditions, clearly it becomes permissible. Um, but I leave it to the medical practitioners. There are Moalim, I think most of the ones who are physicians do administer. Many of the traditional Moalim don't administer. And there's some in the middle that said, if you ask me to do it, and it'll alleviate the parents' pain. And that's what I was concerned about based on this Lisa Braver Moss thing. Then it's permissible. There's a more than enough sources to say that it's permissible and that you can do it. And if it'll alleviate the psychological, emotional pain of the parents, whatever it does to the child, and we can have a brit milah, kamatov. How much so the better, halakhically, psychologically, emotionally. Uh, it takes, as, we, as you all know, very, very quick. It's done one, two, three. Uh, in many cases, by expert Moalim. Many times physicians actually take a longer time, I've seen, than Moalim. Mm -hmm. To be very honest with you. Yeah. But some people say, I, I don't want a Moal, I want a physician. I want to know that should something go wrong, the physician is there. Okay, there are people who are both today. Right, because that wasn't my issue. Okay, the issue of, of mitzitza, mitz, what's mitzitza, right, it's not part of it because it's not my issue. But mitzitza, mitzitza is officially, you're supposed to suck out the blood. Okay, it became a huge issue, especially in New York with herpes issues. Okay, and there's some who simply do it. Most Moalim will do either one of two things. Either they'll just use a piece of gauze, or they'll use a tube, okay, a sterile tube, and just suck a little bit. But some of the ultra-Orthodox still use mitzitzah. Um, most of the Moalim today will put gloves on, okay, wasn't done in, you know, 12 years ago, 15 years ago before AIDS and everything. We're all in a whole new sterile thing, okay, it's all relatively new. So mitzitzah for most of them is not necessary. There's been a huge fight in New York, religion and state and everything else that goes with it. I was going to say, you realize the entire story of Shechem and Dina would have turned out differently if they would have had anesthesia. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> the whole story. Always a realist in our group. Okay, Merle. Totally Conclusion. Uh, it is permissible to use either a general or a local anesthetic during the procedure of the child, whether the person is a baby or an adult. I would leave it up to the individual model of the decision as to what type of anesthetic can be used. However, it is used to alleviate some of the concerns of the parents as to whether they wish to have a baby or not for a child. The male should seriously consider using a form of anesthetics which is accessible. I happen to think this is an important shuva. It was, as you see, again, voted unanimously. And I can people say, well, what about? I said, I wrote it. Now speak to the Moel or the physician. Let's go ahead. Finally, one last one, which was written in 96. I'm listening. Okay. Good shot. Larry, can you pick that up? Sorry. Sure. So I'm listening. I'm listening. No, the father has the mitzvah. That's why the kavanah is really the father. Okay, but one of them said it's a child, and the most of them said, no, it's not. It's the father's responsibility. Okay, and officially, you'll find many of them say, you know, 
I'm sure the father doesn't want to do it. Will you make me the shaliyah? Will you make me the, the messenger? Okay. I remember when Henry Rosenblum was here and Aru was born. Um, it was on our bima. The mall got everything ready. They used the clamp and the chazan, uh, Henry, actually did the slicing at that point because he wanted to do the mitzvah. Jerry Buckman did when they were stationed somewhere. Right. Huh? Well, there's a doctor, but Henry was not. Okay, so this one was seemed to be simple, but there's a question. A baby is born on Shabbat. Okay, when does the Brit Milah take place? On Shabbat, supposedly, unless, obviously, the health or C-section. I mentioned last week, and that happened to do with with Shmuley. If it's a C-section, it's not considered natural birth. You don't desecrate the Shabbat, you wait till the Sunday. But what happens if you induce the child to be born on Shabbat? Okay? And today, I can tell you, having been involved in some cases, you will have either families and or ob people saying, uh, listen, I'll induce you so I can do it and be there because I'm off the next week. At week. Okay? So some of it's by convenience. Some of it's clearly the baby's overdue or in distress. But some of it's inconvenience. Yes, sir. Some of it's inconvenience. So the question I needed to deal with um, was ultimately, which which one is it? Is it from the beginning of the induction, or is it when the birth occurs? Okay. And if because it's an artificial beginning, does that delay? the necessity of doing it on Shabbat because it's not officially natural birth in the same realm. That's at least the question. Okay? Yeah. Uh, when labor is induced so that a baby is born on Shabbat, does the Brit Milah occur on the following Shabbat? In checking with an obstetrician, gynecologist... Okay, and I, I did this work. I spoke to people within our community and people I knew. I learned that there are two reasons that labor may be induced. One reason is for medical issues, the other is for convenience. Mm -hmm. If a doctor recognizes that there is a danger in the pregnancy, either for the mother or the baby, the doctor may induce the mother to give birth sooner rather than later. This may occur when there is evidence of fetal distress, problems caused by an elevation in blood pressure, diabetes or other medical problems, or in a case where the mother's waters may have broken, but labor itself is not proceeding on course. If a baby is judged late, there may not necessarily be a need to induce the mother unless danger signals are... So I had to speak to people and say, give me the reasons why you may want to induce. Michael, go back to you. Uh, There are times. There are times when labor is induced due to the schedules of the parents, doctors, or hospital. In this case, it may be an elective decision. This should be strongly discouraged since the desecration of Shabbat will no doubt occur, and we should minimize that occurrence under all circumstances. That clearly made sense to me, but it's going to happen. Okay, we know it's going to happen. You know, I got a golf game on Sunday, says the OB guy. Any person, how about if we do it on Saturday? Yeah, I've heard it. Either way. If induction occurs either on Friday or on Shabbat itself, and the baby is born on Shabbat, the question has been asked whether a Brit Milah should take place the following Shabbat or 
answer involves the question of whether the reduction itself is considered artificial and thus should not lead to a briefing on Shabbat. Or is it the birth itself that... Okay, so at least you understand the issue is if you've started something artificially, even though the baby's born on Shabbat, is it mean enough to say that the breach should be the following Shabbat? Or because it was done artificially, you wait. Because it's not the natural. In the same way as a C-section isn't natural, you wait till Sunday. We'll keep reading because I'll explain what this means. Okay, so what what is it to me again? A woman becomes impure. We learned that in Tazria. Okay, after a birth, and what does that mean according to the source? If one does not have natural labor, okay, and a natural birth, therefore, she's not Tamea Leda at that point. If she has natural birth, whatever that may be, then she does. And therefore, Karen? Thus the act of induction itself is not determinative, but the manner of birth is. And that's consistent again with how is a baby born, Jewish Pidyon of Ben, it's all on birth. All based on the birth issue, not anything beforehand or how it started or when it occurs or anything else. If a, boor, if a child is born by a cesarean section, then a Shabbat grid is not permitted. It will be held on Sunday. Little did I know that uh, my grandson would needed to know that. <laughs> you were prepared. Yes, I was prepared. However, if the child is born by vaginal birth, a Shabbat brit milah should be performed. The rules governing a brit milah on Shabbat have already been discussed by the Rabbinical Assembly Committee on Jewish Law and Standards in a teshuvah written by Rabbi Arnold M. Goodman and approved by the CJLS in March. So I'm not dealing with the Shabbos bris. I want to know just does it occur? Finally, conclusion. Either one. If an induction for any reason takes place so that a woman gives birth on Shabbat, arrangements should be made Shabbat And as you can see, this was actually on first reading uh, accepted unanimously by the CJLS. We know already in, in the Talmudic times and Roman times it talks about taking out a baby limb by limb. Okay, so already there is something to do that in that realm. Uh, and the Romans, we, we think in Roman times that it occurred by taking a baby out of the womb somehow. Right, right, the name. All right, so 
what I shared with you were the four chuvot that I've written. I haven't written anymore. I'm not on a law committee any longer. Uh, I went into writing books and articles and, and peri- both periodicals and, and chapters and books and those kind of things. Um, but I think what I tried to show you uh, is a, a, what I hope is a logical way of looking at the particular issues, what kind of um, questions arose in my mind, and the sense that I had to find halakhic literature, experts in each of the fields, medical issues in some cases, the, the, the mezuzah, finding the one with the mezuzah dealing with why we have a mezuzah in, in, in cultural ways, etc. And this is the way that shuvot are written. Um, and eventually discussed, debated, and eventually voted upon. Um, these have all been published. They're publicly available on the website of the Rabbinical Assembly, but they're also published in books by the RA. And as I say, these questions have come up to me, and I said, you asked the right person. I've actually written the tshuva, and I can tell you exactly the issue. Brian, right, last question, and then we'll give it to Jane. Do we have uh, the whole tshuva issue today, let's say in Israel? Do we have... Are there people working on more modern Yeah, yeah, well, the and Jewish Law and Standard continues to work. No, I'm talking The answer is they do Chuvot all the time. Clearly they do Chuvot all the time. You may not like some of the answers, but yes, Shalot and Chuvot continue to be written. Continue to be written. Do they publish them? Some are, some aren't. You know, you know, they, you know Vadya Yosef says he didn't publish, people published it for him. Yeah. Uh, Feinstein's, etc. too. Um, Yes, ma'am. Okay, well, we're going back a little bit. You all remember Yalta? Listen, my children, and you shall hear. Wait, let, let, let me put this beside you, Manu, so that uh, people can hear it. By the way, I have I found a folder with all of her uh, poems. I'll bring them in on one of my last classes. Make a book out of it. Make a book out of it. Good. Okay, and then I will take, get a copy of that. Okay. 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 Yalta. Listen, my children, and you shall hear of a Talmud tale, a lesson quite clear. It tells of Yalta from a family well-known, with imperial yuchas and brains of her own. Once when her husband, Reb Nachman by name, invited Reb Ula of scholarly fame to recite Kos Shel Bracha to honor this guest, Ula drank and returned it to drink what was blessed. Nachman sent it to Yalta, the wife he adored. But Ula said, not necessary. Well, actually, he was floored. A wife takes her blessing through her husband, he said. And that's when Yalta from the dinner table fled. Did she cry? Did she pout? Did she show she was grieving? No, she said to herself. I just will get even. (laughs) She then broke the seals on 400 jars of wine. So Ula gave her the cup, but she did decline. Your words are meaningless, and they come much too late. You may think you're a scholar, but to me you're not great. To partake of this mitzvah was my fervent desire. And my husband agreed, but it brought on your ire. You called it wasteful to waste on a wife, a woman, a mother, one who gives life. So, Yalta the woman, on her principle she stood. 
is remembered by the rabbis. She's remembered for good. So ladies, when you know something's good and it's right, act quickly, just do it. Use all of your might. And gentlemen, take heed. Don't be aghast. But the story of Yalta is not only in the past. There are Yaltas all over, all over this life. As a matter of fact, one may be your wife. <laughs> So, as I say, one of my last classes, I'll bring the poems. If he doesn't, I might have most of the poems. So.